You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, welcome, welcome, and especially to our new Sunday morning listeners, as we have now moved our show, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, uh, to Sunday mornings. We wanted you to get, get more information. We want to hear from you, and we figured, you know what? It's very tough to get somebody on a Thursday afternoon, middle of the day, people are at work. So to uh, thank you for Mark Winter, our wonderful producer, for so graciously giving me this great time slot. And I am now with you every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time. I hear him in the West Coast. And that makes it noon back in the East. And I am your host, Dr. Jeff Werber. And I am here for you. And that is to answer any questions you have. We are, I think, the only live call-in show on Pet Life Radio, and therefore we want you to take advantage of me because that's why I'm here. I'm here to answer your questions, to help you with your pet problems. If I don't have the answer, I will get it for you. And we're here actually because the help of our sponsors, and those sponsors are our ProSense Pet Products, Kong Pet Products. As a matter of fact, a matter of fact, just to make it even more attractive for you to give us a call to ask us your pet questions, to send us an email about your pet questions, is a free. ProSense product and Kong product we will send to you merely for asking us a question about your pet. And in fact, we, we just got an email this week and I'm waiting for another one. I know it came in. And as a perfect example of how easy it is to get a hold of us, speaking of how easy it is, very simple. Dial this number, write it down if you don't have it, 877-385-8882. Once again, that's 877-385-8882. You can also contact us live while you're listening in online at Dr. Jeff, that's drjeff at petliferadio.com. And right there, if you go on to the webpage, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, you'll see a little box. It says, join the conversation, log into our live chat during the show. Very easy to get on and type in a question. We will answer your question. We will have you stay have you stay on the line so we can get your information and send you out a free Kong product and a free ProSense product. And also want to thank my mass retailers like the Walmarts and Targets out there who are carrying my line of ProSense pet products. So, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk, we mentioned it last week, for any of you in the Los Angeles area, we have a great event. It is sponsored by KVP, which is the Kong Veterinary Products, and it's called More Than a Cone, and it's sponsored by Kong and Best Friends Animal Society, and it's an art auction and launch party. It's really, really cool. What they did is they commissioned about 30 kind of high-power influential artists to, in, in a sense, reimagine the cone. They are painting these Elizabethan collars. You know, the lampshade collars that we have to send our pets home when they have either post-surgery or when they have their neuter or they have a really bad skin problem. And we need to keep them away from licking because just telling them don't lick obviously is not going to help. As we know from any of us who have dogs and have tried it, just saying, Rover, cut it out is not going to work. So we have these great cones that a lot of people don't like, and they've been remastered in different ways. You've got the inner tube cone, you got the soft cone, or the comfy cone, all fantastic. But what KVP wanted to do was take that cone and just make it look 
like a piece of art. So a big party. It's June 21st. It's going to be downtown LA at La Plaza del Cultura. It's going to be at 7 p.m. That's Saturday evening, June 21st, and it's going to be really, really cool. So if you want information, you can just go on to a simple website, morethanacone, that's all one word, morethanacone.com, and get information about the uh, Fantastic Benefit Art Auction on June 21st. And again, as I mentioned, we are here for you. We're doing it. We switched over to Sunday mornings because when I had my local show on KBC Talk Radio, we used to get so many calls. So I know that people, I think, are more apt to listen, to be near a computer, to listen in on our show. And we know there are so many pet lovers out there. So I think that this is going to be good for us to reach more of you. But we need people that aren't shy. And remember this, you could be, be keeping anonymous if you want. Nobody knows, but we want to hear from you. I also want to, you know, just I was listening to um, Teody Anderson just before our show started, and I really have to chime in there because a number of things. If you weren't tuned in at the time, the discussion was aggressive dogs and the need of some people, many of you who love to adopt, and trust me, we are all for adoption, are wanting to adopt these known very aggressive dogs. And I have my issues. And my issues are that fortunately there aren't a lot of them. And I'm, I'm talking the dog that not just bit once. I'm talking the dog that's already been through training, has had a number of consultations, worked with a number of trainers, be animal behaviorists, veterinary behaviorists. And there is still something in this particular dog that you cannot trust. Now, when I was five, the second of four kids, and my dad had this great idea, and I, I say that facetiously, to bring home a, an intact 11-month-old male Doberman Pinscher who had just been on the show circuit, had never been around kids. Now, mind you, you know, I was at the time in a household with boxers, and boxers are just great dogs for kids. And these, I mean, we could be all over these dogs. Well, genius Jeffrey here was coming in from uh, the cold outside, living in New York at the time. You know, I, again, I was only five, so I, I really couldn't verbalize what, what was happening, nor did I even remember vividly. But I can tell you that I obviously stepped on this dog while it was sleeping and out of reflex jumped up and literally literally grabbed me by the face and needs to say plastic surgery later I still it didn't scare me I, by this point it's interestingly I had already wanted to be a veterinarian so that didn't scare me one bit however it was a lot to go through as a kid and I had you know bandaged up and all the stitches in my face and um I still have a couple of scars that fortunately I had an amazing plastic surgeon because unless I point them out, most people can't even tell. But we did not have the heart, obviously, to put this dog to sleep. Fortunately, the, our neighbors down the street owned this dog's sister, and we were able to send the dog to their home to finally live. Uh, they had older kids that were already uh, married and out of the house. It was just a couple, and the dog turned out to be a great dog. But it was just the wrong dog for household with four wild young kids. But there are dogs out there, and I've had to put dogs to sleep before because of aggression. I will say this. I will say that with the very legal-minded people out there today, you really have to ask yourself, is it worth, and I'm talking the moral, ethical issues of trying to send out a dog, especially if you already have or have had incidents with this dog for adoption in the first place? Are you going to be okay knowing that this dog might end up in a home with children? or older people. And, you know, morally, I think it's a problem. I think that as a responsible pet owner, pet parent, uh, you've gone through all the motions, you've worked as best you can with this dog. And if this dog proves to be not the right dog, remember this, there are thousands, and I mean thousands of amazing dogs at 
your local shelters that you could go out today, Sunday, and adopt that have zero issues except a huge heart and want a forever home? Do you really need to take on that challenge of adopting a dog that you know to be aggressive, where if that dog should, heaven forbid, get out, as Teodi was saying, and have any issues, bite somebody, you, besides being legally responsible, it is, you know, morally and ethically, it's going to be a tough one, especially if that dog maims somebody. So um, think long and hard about that because I believe the advice you were getting there was excellent advice. So uh, real quickly, I want to read this email. And again, give us a call. Don't be bashful. 877-385-8882. This email came to me this week from Anya. And uh, here's the mail. It goes, my dog this morning was constantly swallowing and licking his lips. I thought he may throw up, but didn't. He eats and drinks just fine. After a while, it slowed down a little to where he was acting normal. Then once in a while, he'll have a few hard swallows, then back to normal. Any advice what I should do? Well, you know, this is a really tough question to answer without more information. And this is where, instead of being a monologue answer, I prefer it more as a dialogue. So this is the kind of call. If you have any behavior or weird scenarios with your pets, don't be embarrassed. Call them in. That way we can talk a little bit. But without being able to ask you questions, I will say this. When dogs lick their lips and they do some swallowing, that does often mean nausea. Now, it could be also just something stuck in the back of the throat and really having a tough time swallowing. Sometimes dogs will eat something that doesn't quickly go down into the esophagus through the cardia. Now, the cardia is the portion of the stomach where the esophagus meets the stomach. So if there's any type of reflux condition, inflammation at the distal portion of the esophagus just as it enters the stomach, and ingesta, meaning that which was just chewed and and swallowed, is just sitting there. It just didn't quite make it into the stomach yet. This dog has this feeling of increased salivation, swallowing hard, licking lips, trying to push whatever it is down into the stomach. And the reason why it stopped is probably it worked and it finally went into the stomach. And then some hard swallows later on. So what I would recommend doing is this. Make sure you don't have a dog that is just a chow hound. I mean, I have five dogs at home. I have my two labs, my Labradoodle, my two Frenchies. And I have to tell you that my two Labradors, they finish the bowl faster then I can set it in front of them. By the time I'm leaning down to set it onto the ground, they're already into it. So what I did was I got them what's called a no-gulp bowl. It's a bowl that sort of compartmentalizes the food, and they cannot just attack it. It forces them to slow down, take smaller bites, eat more slowly, and hopefully not have these kinds of problems. So think about that. If you have a dog that's a true chow hound, get some sort of bowl that will slow them down a little bit. I think that's really important. And then you might need to soften or moisten the food first. And if you're giving treats, and this is a very, very important thing, regardless of the treat, whether it's going to be a rawhide type treat, a treat like the greenies type of treat, whatever those are, make sure that you match the correct size of treat, of toy, to your dog's abilities. The problems that we've seen are more because of the mismatch of size of treat to size of dog than actually the consistency of whatever the treat was. So that is very, very important to know and be very careful that you don't make that mismatch. So I think that would help a lot. So Anya, give that a try. Slow the food down, maybe pre-moisten, smaller meals, and see if that helps the problem. If not, then it might be time to give us a call and we could talk a little bit more about it. Or of course, see your veterinarian. There may be something else going on. Anyway, we have a caller on the line. Hello. Is this Dr. Jeff? Yes. How are you? Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. Um, Who's this? 
My name is Diane Allen. Hi, Diane. And how are you? I'm calling about, I mean, this is going to sound like a weird question to you, but do you know how a dog gets soft tissue sarcoma? Well, they get it. Yeah, I mean, the general theory of cancer is that we're all born with the cancer cell. The question is, what's going to turn that on? For example, I'm sure you've heard many stories before of a person who smoked, never smoked a cigarette in their life, but ends up with lung cancer. Uh-huh. Conversely, someone who's been smoking into their 90s and never gets lung cancer. So that means the first person had a cancer gene for lung cancer, and it wasn't their cigarette smoke, but it could have been you know, cigarette smoke you know, somewhere else that actually turned on that cancer gene, all right? Okay. And likewise, conversely, the person who smoked their whole life and never got it, probably because they just didn't have that cancer gene. They were lucky enough not to be born with it, so therefore there was no gene to turn on. So when you get soft tissue sarcomas, no one exactly knows why. Sometimes there are certain carcinogens which have been known, for example, tobacco, which have been known to turn on some of these genes, But you can have two animals, littermates, exactly twins, coming in the same sack, actually, and one can get it and one can't because the one that did, obviously, they both had the gene, but something turned on that gene that caused the soft tissue sarcoma. Where is the the sarcoma? Well, it was in her back leg, and uh, her back leg blew up, like, huge. Uh Uh-huh. They did a biopsy and it was sarcoma. Did they amputate the leg? Yeah, yeah. And they, they said the only thing that they could... You know, the only thing we could do is either amputate, and the prognosis was very, very poor, so we had to put her on. But my concern is that she had an injury back there. Could that have caused Absolutely. In fact, I'll give you something interesting. Um, There are dogs that, for example, if a dog breaks a leg and has a plate, puts a plate on. Now, these are sterile, non-reactive stainless steel or titanium. And yet, there are some cases where later on, a dog can actually develop bone cancer. So, Yeah. So it's one of those things that we therefore, depending on the age of the dog at the time they've gotten the plate, if it's a young dog, we like to take that plate out two years later, a year and a half later, because we don't want the continued cycling. And that is the electromagnetic force that takes place between the plate, the screws, and the bone. And that cycling well, she had a, might she induce. Had a torn ACL. She had a torn ACL. So, yeah. so that's, I mean, it's a possibility that there was something, maybe something in the implant whether it was done as a, a TPLO or whether it was done with a lateral suture, but something could have continually irritated that tissue, all right? And that's the thing. Chronic, chronic, chronic irritation can induce a sarcoma growth. So yeah. it's a possibility that maybe something in there had done that as well. And again, I don't know what suture material was used. I don't know what type of brace was used, what type of clamp was used. Was she, it had just a polo therapy. she had polo therapy, doctor. Okay, so that it, is? no, I'm not familiar with the polo. A polo, P R O P R O. Yeah, she had that, and uh, my vet said they've been using it with great success, and she uh-huh. was fine. But and she retore it. Um, she jumped off the deck, and right, you know, she was a gold. She was a golden. Retriever, a golden. Did and, she ever have? Well, also, just so you know, goldens. It's not uncommon for them to develop sarcomas. In fact, really? one of the yes. In fact, one of the dog, one of the breeds that we see hemangiosarcoma in a lot, which is a splenic tumor, is the golden. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's very possible. Yeah. Um, well, someone said that if there's trauma somewhere, that it, it could. It's absolutely that could have caused can. It. Yes, it's, yeah. it's it is very possible. Absolutely, it's a phenomenal question. Okay. All right, Dan. Thanks uh, for the call. All right. Thank you. Uh, sorry about your dog, but uh, uh, you know, goldens are, are, as I said, it's one of the breeds that we do see a lot of a lot of cancer.
we know the cancer dog that everybody knows about is the boxer. But no, even even Goldens can. Okay, all right. Osteosarcoma, all right, bone cancer, splenic cancer. Unfortunately, we see more than we like. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. It is that time for a quick break. Once again, I want to thank you all for being here on this fantastic Sunday morning. I hope you have the courage to give us a call. I know that there are some questions just you're dying to ask about your pets. They can be medical. They can be behavioral. They can be anything. Just give me a call at 877-385-8882 or just go ahead and, and drop me a quick note to join the conversation here at Dr. Jeff, that's drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and we'll be back in just a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Day. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Victoria Schaefer, aspiring actress, babysitter extraordinaire, college student, and animal enthusiast, is on her own for the first time in New York City. Follow Victoria and her two dogs, Rue and Echo, as she cares for her furry friends and juggles home life and career, all the while managing to survive in the world's most hectic city. The exciting animal adventures and secret stories from both ends of the leash that make up the tales of the city. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> And welcome back, and thanks for joining us. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber. I'm out here in very sunny Southern California on Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. Our new date, our new day, Sundays. We are now Sundays. You can listen to us live at noon Eastern Time, 9 in the morning Pacific Time, and we are here for you to answer your questions, whatever you want to talk to us about your pets. The best way to get us. Call us toll-free, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Or you can just send me a quick little email. I'm here right in front of my computer at drjeff, that's Dr. Jeff, at PetLifeRadio.com. You know, before the break, we were just discussing uh, a lot of things about the aggressive dogs. We also read a quick email. And again, anyone who calls in, sends us an email, just any question about your pets, we will send you out a ProSense product or a Kong toy. As a matter of fact, this is cute. 
we got an email and didn't have a question, but one of our listeners, Zan Marcinik from Melbourne, Australia. That's how cool it is being here on Pet Life Radio because we are worldwide, not just you know across the country. We're not national. We are worldwide. And he says, Dr. Jeff, just wanted to say I enjoy listening to your program at Pet Life Radio. Best regards from Melbourne. He says, I'm about to get a puppy. Is it possible to get a Kong toy? Thanks a lot. Of course, it's possible to get a Kong toy. We'll be happy to send you out something. So we're going to get your information. We're going to email you back, Zane. And I really do uh, thank you for listening and joining. And again, all of you out there should see how easy it is to get a hold of us here on Pet Life Radio, Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I often like to bring in you know, things I, I, I practice full-time. I am in the office five days a week. This is my 30th year. I went to UC Davis. I graduated in 1984. One of those kids that uh, has many of my classmates, and I think many veterinarians out there, whose childhood dream was to be a veterinarian. As a matter of fact, it was, it was funny. I was uh, at dinner last night, and I'm talking to a physician. And we were on the subject of how easy it was to get certain medications in Mexico. He also obviously practices here in Southern California and how difficult and expensive some of these same medications are here in the U.S. because of, you know, FDA and all the regulations, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I brought in some examples that I used to send some of my employees down to Tijuana to get certain medications that we just couldn't get here. And by then, just I used two examples. One was uh, Flagyl and one was Clindamycin. And uh, so he says, well, you're either going to be, now, he didn't know I was a veterinarian. He said, you're either GI or respiratory. And I said, no, no, actually, my patients are four-legged and they lick me in the face. In fact, I get more tongue than anybody I know. And uh, he started laughing. He goes, oh my God. He goes, ah, that was my childhood dream to be a vet. And I kind of laughed and I said, you know, it's so funny because a medical doctor appreciates how difficult it is to get into veterinary school, to go through the process, to have to know so much about so many different animals and so many different species. And it's so funny because when I was in vet school or, you, you know, you meet people out, in the, uh, you know, out and about, they see doctor in front of your name. They go, oh, what kind of doctor are you? And I said, you know, what's your specialty? I said, well, I'm actually a veterinarian. Oh. And it used to be like, oh, what do you mean, Oh, I mean, to many people, they think like being a veterinarian is going through an AA degree, you know, a, a two-year degree at, at a junior college. It's like, but medical doctors, many of whom actually wanted to be veterinarians themselves, know how tough it is to become a veterinarian. And what's so interesting is, I, and I will say this, and it's honest to God truth, in your life, you will meet many a physician that actually wanted to be a veterinarian, but you will rarely meet a veterinarian that actually wanted to be a doctor, a physician, and couldn't get into to a med school, so they became a veterinarian. And um, it's funny, I have, we used to joke when I was in vet school, we used to call the MDs RDs, real doctors, because people would just joke and say, oh, you're not a real doctor. And so it's so funny, I actually have a, a license plate rim, it says real doctors treat more than one species. So, uh, you know, it's funny, the respect that we get more so are from the medical doctors because they know, they know how tough it is. And I'm still friendly with a number of pre-vets that were pre-vets along with me back in the day, this is back in the 70s, that are now happy, but they are MDs and they never made it to vet school. So anyway, one of the things that, you know, case we saw, we talked about a lot, and that is the notion of reconstructive surgery. And, you know, we call it plastic surgery and how different the theme, the reasons are in veterinary medicine to do. And yes, in fact, we do plenty of plastic surgery, but our goal, our reason for performing these procedures is not to make the pet look good. It's not an issue with aesthetics, but it's an issue with function. We always call this the battle between form and function. And often when people visit the plastic surgeon, 
they are trying to achieve form, often at the risk of function. They're willing to have a feel weird or affect their ability to function well in order to achieve a different or what they might call a better form. For many of us have seen it on the outside. We say, what were you thinking? But still, they are going to go after the form. In veterinary medicine, our focus is function. It's doing the eyelid surgery not to get rid of the bags so they look better, but to get rid of the bags so we don't have the eyelids rolling inward in the case of an entropion and continually irritating the eyeball, causing these wicked painful infections. When we have skin folds and we do what we call skin fold reductions, it's not because, again, we want to make the dog look better, but deep inside those folds, we're often getting severe bacterial infections that need to be treated. So we are doing the reduction in order to help this dog and not have such severe infection. And for example, with the canine nose job, We have something called stenotic nares. We see it often in a number of breeds, notably the brachycephalic breeds. Actually, one of my two Frenchies did have with the surgery, and it's to repair a stenotic nares where the nostrils are so narrow, they can barely breathe through their nose. So we have to open up those nostrils. And uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of these dogs also have something called an elongated soft palate. And any of you that have them know how much that they snore. And that's because of the elongated soft palate. Also something that we need to fix, need to repair. So just to know, when, when we talk about plastic surgery, it's something that's very common. We have a number of indications to do it. 99.9%. Let's put another one. Even orthodontics, we're at now, the veterinary dentists are putting braces on dogs. But again, it's not to give them that, that million-dollar smile because they're not smiling for the camera. But what it's for is to allow them the ability to close their mouths properly to help what we call the malocclusion, the poor bite, and make it easier for them to eat and eat properly. So again, another reason why we do these procedures, these quote-unquote aesthetic procedures, but again, it's because we want to help them live a, a healthier, easier life. I'd like to hear from you and tell me because one of the things we're going to talk about next week, I'm going to give you a warning now. So I want to hear from you. Let's hear your opinions is have we as a group of animal lovers and breeders, those of you that breed out there, have we created this monster in the way and how we've bred some of these animals, these dogs and cats to actually present with these problems? And case in point, Let's talk about the Persian Himalayan cat. Let's talk about some of these brachycephalic breeds, like the pugs, like the Boston Terriers, like the Shih Tzus, like the Pekingese, like the Griffons. What have we done? What have we bred into these dogs to actually give them a lot of the problems that later on we need to fix surgically? So that'll give you some food for thought as you give us a call. Listen to us next week at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time here on Pet Life Radio, live with Dr. Jeff Werber. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff, and we look forward to uh, hearing from you and visiting us. Now, by the way, this week, if you want to send me an email, go ahead and send it to drjeff at Pet Life Radio. We will answer your email live next Sunday, and we will send you out a free ProSense product as well as a free Kong product. See you next Sunday. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.